Hello, and welcome to this week's sermon podcast from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Kenwood. Here we preach the good news of Jesus Christ. Whether you find the message to be uplifting or challenging, comforting or even unsettling, we hope it'll help you grow in faith and your relationship with God. Thank you for listening. To God be the glory. This morning, our first reading is from Deuteronomy, chapter 5, verses 12 through 15. Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, as the Lord your God has commanded you. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath day of rest, dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your oxen and donkeys, and other livestock and any foreigners living among you. All your male and female servants must rest as you do. Remember that you were once slaves in Egypt, but the Lord your God brought you out of his strong hand and powerful arm. That is why the Lord your God has commanded you to rest on the Sabbath day. Here ends the reading. The second reading is from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 5 through 12. You see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord, and we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, Let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts, so that we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death, but this has resulted in eternal life for you. Here ends the reading. Our Holy Gospel comes from Mark, the second chapter. One Sabbath day, as Jesus was walking through some grain fields, his disciples began breaking off heads of grain to eat. But the Pharisees said to Jesus, Look, why are they breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath? Jesus said to them, Haven't you ever read in the scriptures what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He went into the house of God during the days when Abiathar was high priest and broke the law by eating the sacred loaves of bread that only the priests were allowed to eat. He also gave something to his companions. Then Jesus said to them, The Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath. Jesus went into the synagogue again and noticed a man with a deformed hand. Since it was the Sabbath, Jesus' enemies watched him closely. If he healed the man's hand, they planned to accuse him of working on the Sabbath. 
Jesus said to the man with the deformed hand, Come and stand in front of everyone. Then he turned to his critics and asked, Does the law permit good deeds on the Sabbath, or is it a day for doing evil? Is this a day to save life or to destroy it? But they wouldn't answer him. Jesus looked around at them angrily and was deeply saddened by their hard hearts. Then he said to the man, hold out your hand. So the man held out his hand, and it was restored. At once the Pharisees went away and met with the supporters of Herod to plot how to kill Jesus. Here ends the reading. Grace to you and peace from God our Creator, Jesus our Savior, and the Holy Spirit who inspires us all. Amen. In my years of serving as a pastor, I have had many opportunities to take confirmation students to summer camp. While the camp facilities have varied based on what church I was serving, the camp routine and activities were pretty much consistent. Most camps have swimming and other outdoor activities, crafts, singing, campfires, and of course, Bible studies. Another typical camp activity on the schedule, and one of my favorites, is fob time. Do you know what fob time is? What? Flat on bunk? bunk? I learned flop on bunk. (laughs) F-O-B. Flop on bunk. Fob time usually happens right after lunch each day and is a mandatory time for campers to, well, flop on their bunks. It's a quiet time when you must be on your bunk for, say, 30 to 45 minutes just to relax. Maybe catch a little catnap. You see, the great thing about camp is that it runs kids ragged, and they love it. There's always something happening. And fob time is enforced to help kids not run out of gas in the middle of the day. Now, campers will not acknowledge that fob time is necessary, but the collective wisdom of decades of camp programmers know that it is something kids need. So camps make it a regular part of the rhythm of each day. And while campers may not recognize it as such, fob time is really meant to be a gift. It allows them to rest so they can continue to fully engage with all the great stuff there is to do at camp. Well, both our Old Testament and Gospel lessons today have to do with the proper ways to observe the Sabbath day. Like fob time, Sabbath time is meant to be a gift to us. Even though we may not acknowledge that we need it, thousands of years of collective divine wisdom knows that we do, and that's why God makes Sabbath a regular part of the rhythm of our days. And observance of a Sabbath day is mandatory because it is included as one of the Ten Commandments. Well, by the time of Jesus, the Sabbath day had become more of a chore, I think, than a gift. There were lots of do's and don'ts, mostly don'ts. 
It had become more about restriction than release, confinement and control rather than a carefree day to rest and enjoy and deepen our relationship with God and with each other. The idea of fob time would not have appealed to the religious leaders of Jesus' day. The story of the encounter Jesus had with the man in our gospel lesson is a great case in point. It was a Sabbath. Jesus saw a Sabbath opportunity to bring healing and wholeness to a man with a withered hand. Those who were watching Jesus were watching to see if he would heal the man and do what they felt was unlawful to do on the Sabbath. Jesus knows they're watching, and he heals the man anyway and provides testimony that the Sabbath is meant to promote life and wellness and healing and wholeness. God's hope for us and for the Sabbath is that it will be a time of renewal, restoration, and reflection. God intends for Sabbath to be a gift for us. But the Pharisees in the story had lost sight of that. And I wonder if we have too. See, the problem for us in our culture is not that we have a lot of rules and restrictions to follow on the Sabbath. Some of you may have grown up in homes or in churches that did have a lot of restrictions of what you could or could not do on the Sabbath. But that's not typically the case for most of us. The issue for many of us is that the day of rest, a Sabbath, is not a part of our regular rhythm of life. Obligations and commitments and overscheduling creep in that don't allow us to enjoy the Sabbath as the gift that God intended. You see, at camp, there were always some campers who just could not accept that every day, every single day, had the rhythm of fob time. They fought it. They grumbled, they complained, and they were miserable every day during fob time. And there were other kids who complained, yes, because that's what you had to do to be cool. But I think for them, fob time was great. It was a time to just be, to reflect, to maybe actually fall asleep, to breathe, maybe to pray or to write in their journals. Those kids understood the gift of fob time. How are you doing with the rhythm of work and rest? Well, you are here, so that gives testimony to the priority of Sabbath time for you. I'm sure there are a dozen other things you could be doing right now, but worship is an important part of how we can receive the gifts that Sabbath time can offer us. It is good that we are here, but what will the rest of the day hold? How can the gift of this day serve to promote life in you? How can this day serve to offer wellness and healing and wholeness? 
Is there something withered in you that you desire God to restore and renew? How can you stop the flurry of your life to allow God time to bring that healing and wholeness? A lot of books have been written about Sabbath. One of my favorites is this book simply called Sabbath. It's written by Pastor Wayne Muller. And he has a lot of great insights, a lot of uh, things that you can do as a part of your practice of Sabbath. I want to read just one passage from this book, and this passage is about how we stop things. We need to stop some things so that Sabbath time can start. He writes, There is an astounding wisdom in the Jewish Sabbath that begins precisely at sundown, whether that comes at a wintry 4.30 or late on a summer evening. Sabbath is not dependent upon our readiness to stop. We do not stop when we are finished. We do not stop when we, are, we complete our phone calls, finish our project, get through this stack of messages, or get out this report that's due tomorrow. We stop because it's time to stop. Sabbath requires surrender. If we only stop when we are finished with all our work, we will never stop, because our work is never completely done. With every accomplishment, there arises a new responsibility. Every swept floor invites a new sweeping. Every child bathed invites another bathing. When all of life moves in such cycles, what is ever finished? If we refuse to rest until we are finished, we will never rest until we die. Sabbath dissolves the artificial urgency of our days because it liberates us from the need to be finished. The old wise Sabbath says, stop now as the sun touches the horizon. Take the hand off the plow, put down the phone, let the pen rest on the paper, turn off the computer, leave the mop in the bucket, the car in the drive. There's no room for negotiation, no time to be seduced by the urgency of our responsibilities. We stop because there are forces larger than we that take care of the universe. And while our efforts are important, necessary, and useful, they are not, nor are we, indispensable. The galaxy will somehow manage without us for this hour, this day, and so we are invited, nay, commanded, to relax and enjoy our relative unimportance, our humble place at the table in a very large world. When do you stop? What gift will this Sabbath day hold for you? A little fob time after lunch? Yes, please. A walk in God's good creation? A sumptuous meal slowly savored? The richness of uninterrupted time with those you love? Time to nestle in with the God who loves you. 
why not try it? Why not try it and see if your withered heart or hand or mind find healing and wholeness and hope? Just receive the gift God is offering. Receive the gift of today, the one day in seven where God invites, nay, commands you to rest. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this week's message from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Kenwood. Please browse our website for other opportunities to grow in faith or serve the Lord. If you are able to worship with us at any time, we would be most honored by your presence.